From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, a subject which is sadly neglected in our day. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in the Song of Solomon, chapter 4 and verse 7. Thou art all fair, my love. The Lord's admiration of his church is very wonderful, and his description of her beauty is very glowing. She is not merely fair, but all fair. He views her in himself, washed in his sin-atoning blood, and clothed in his meritorious righteousness, and he considers her to be full of comeliness and beauty. No wonder that such is the case, since it is but his own perfect excellency that he admires. For the holiness, glory, and perfection of his church are his own glorious garments on the back of his own well-beloved spouse. She is not simply pure or well-proportioned. She is positively lovely and fair. She has actual merit. Her deformities of sin are removed. But more, she has through her Lord obtained a meritorious righteousness by which an actual beauty is conferred upon her. Believers have a positive righteousness given to them when they become accepted in the Beloved. Nor is the church barely lovely. She is superlatively so. Her Lord styles her, Thou fairest among women. She has a real worth and excellence which cannot be rivaled by all the nobility and royalty of the world. If Jesus could exchange his elect bride for all the queens and empresses of earth, or even for the angels in heaven, he would not. For he puts her first and foremost, fairest among women. Like the moon, she far outshines the stars. Nor is this an opinion which he is ashamed of, for he invites all men to hear it. He sets a behold before it, a special note of exclamation, inviting and arresting attention. Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. His opinion he publishes abroad even now, and one day from the throne of his glory he will avow the truth of it before the assembled universe. Come, ye blessed of my Father, will be his solemn affirmation of the loveliness of his elect.
to assist you in meditating upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world, Let the Bible Speak is happy to offer a unique publication called The Twelve Days of Christmas. Written by Roger Ellsworth, an experienced minister and writer, The Twelve Days of Christmas is a small paperback book containing 24 devotions, each including a short scripture reading, several paragraphs, and a concluding to-think-about section that draws lines of application from the text to modern-day life. The book is intended to help the hearts and minds of believers to focus upon the wonder of the Incarnation, as well as to encourage unbelievers to come in repentance and faith to Christ. Let the Bible Speak is happy to make this booklet available free of charge to our listening audience. You may have a copy simply by contacting us by phone, email, or regular mail. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. We encourage you to request your free copy of The Twelve Days of Christmas. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as he brings the next portion of a message entitled, The Indwelling of the Spirit, based on Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the first part of the verse, Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. As he sought to teach the Corinthian Christians how to live godly, holy lives in the midst of a morally corrupt society, Paul pointed them to the gospel of Christ, reminding them that their bodies were the temple of the Holy Spirit. On today's program, Dr. Cairns will explain what the Bible means when it says that believers are indwelt by the Spirit of God. Now he brings the next portion of this message, the indwelling of the Spirit. What he's dealing with is the subject of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And in doing this, he makes one thing clear, that every Christian is indwelt by the Spirit of God. Now, this is an essential part of the doctrine of regeneration. We have dealt with this doctrine over the last couple of Sunday morning messages. Remember, we dealt with it in itself, what it means to be regenerated. To be brought to life in Christ. You who were dead in sins, hath he quickened. That's regeneration. Then the last time we were studying the subject, we 
dealt with that great text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, where we're told you are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Now we want to come to a much more immediate and personal level and look at the personal indwelling of the believer by the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, it's always good to know what we're talking about. We're going to think about the meaning of the indwelling of the Spirit. Now let's lay the basis first and foremost. It is uniform in the Word of God to teach this doctrine that the Holy Ghost indwells the true people of God. Even in the Old Testament. Some people speak as if the Old Testament knew nothing about the doctrine of the indwelling Spirit. That's not true. In the Old Testament... The Holy Spirit made this part of the promise of the gospel. You turn back with me to Ezekiel 36 and then 37. Chapter 36, verse 27 has this to say, I will put my spirit within you. Now that's plain enough. Chapter 37 and verse 14 says, he shall, I shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live. The promise of the gospel according to the Old Testament was the promise of the indwelling Spirit. The New Testament confirms this. Let me quickly run through the teaching of the New Testament. John 14, one of the great chapters on the Holy Ghost. Verse 16 and 17. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Then over in Romans chapter, nine, chapter 8 and verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, Ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Again, verse 11, If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. The indwelling of the Spirit of God. In the book from which we read this morning, 1 Corinthians, there's quite an emphasis on this. In chapter 3, verse 16, we read, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Our text in chapter 6, verse 19, says exactly the same thing. You're the temple of God, and the Spirit dwelleth in you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul takes up the same story again. And in verse 16, he has this to say, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them. He says the same thing in Ephesians 2 and verse 22, where he said that ye are built as an habitation of God, or for God, through the Spirit. Place in which God lives. Now I've quickly summed up what the Bible is saying. God the Holy Spirit lives within his people. Now, every Christian believes that. I have heard that preached I don't know how many times. As I was thinking of it this week, however, I had to stop and say, what does it mean that the Holy Spirit lives within a Christian? 
Is the Holy Spirit not God? Yes, He is. As God, is He not omnipresent? As God, is He not equally present at all times, in all places? Yes, He is. Psalm 139 and uh, verse 7 makes that very clear. The omnipresence of the Spirit of God. So if the Holy Spirit is equally present at every place, at every time, what does it mean to say that He dwells in the life of a Christian? Well, I think that as we look at the Scriptures in this, I can sum them all up in two basic areas. When the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit dwells within a Christian, it is teaching first and foremost that he sustains a peculiar relationship with the people of God. Yes, he is everywhere present, but he sustains a peculiar relationship with the people of God. He is to the people of God and to them alone certain things. He's the Spirit of life. Romans 8 and 2 calls him the Spirit of life. He gives God's people life. He's the Spirit of grace. Zechariah 12 and 10 calls him the Spirit of grace and of supplications. John 14 and 16 says he is the Comforter, the Paraclete, the Helper who comes alongside. He is the Spirit of grace and help to the people of God. Romans 1.4 says he's the spirit of holiness. 1 Peter 1.2 says we are sanctified through the spirit. And so to the people of God, the Holy Spirit gives life. He sustains them with his grace. He enables them to be holy. Romans 8.15 says he's the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit within them is the spirit of their sonship. And by Him they acknowledge God as their Father and Jesus Christ as their Redeemer. He is the Spirit of prayer. Oh, the Holy Spirit is everywhere present. But the Holy Spirit is peculiarly present with His people, inspiring them to pray, breathing within them the life of God that will be expressed in prayer. He's the Spirit of prayer. He is... The spirit of fellowship with God. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14 gives you the Trinitarian blessing. And the third part of it is the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is present in every place, at every time, equally. If you're in this meeting this morning and you are not saved, you cannot run from God. You may drown your sorrows in the booze and in the pleasures of the world, but you cannot run from God. You may deny God, but you'll never get away from Him. You may curse God, but that doesn't change things. There is no escaping in time or in eternity from the presence of the Spirit of God and from the execution by the Spirit of God of all the purposes of God and His Son. You have never received Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has not quickened you. You have not been brought to spiritual life. You're still in death. The Holy Spirit has not communicated grace to you. 
You're still in a state of nature, under condemnation. The Holy Spirit has not brought holiness to you. You're still in the depravity of a nature that's fully set in rebellion against God. The Holy Spirit has not breathed in you that cry, Abba, Father. He witnesses that you are not a child of God, but a child of wrath. The Holy Spirit, yes, He's everywhere present, but if you are not a sea of man, the Holy Spirit does not stir your heart to pray. You have no access to the throne of God, and you are shut off from the fellowship of God and of His Son. Because when we say the Holy Spirit indwells believers and believers alone. We are saying to them alone he sustains this peculiar relationship. But it means something else. It means that he shines with a particular revelation of God to Christians, in Christians, and through them. Look at the word temple in the text. Ye are the, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Back in Second Chronicles 7 and 1, we have this great, great statement about the temple. When Solomon reared up that great building and prayed the prayer of dedication, we read that the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. The glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. There is the picture of the Holy Spirit inhabiting indwelling the people of God. And if you get that picture in your mind of the shining Shekinah glory of God in the temple, it will show you what the Holy Spirit means when he says he indwells Christians. First, he gives to them an enlarged revelation of the glory of Christ. That's how the Holy Spirit operates in the life of a believer. He gives them an enlarged revelation of the glory of Christ. I love the words of Ephesians 1 and verse 17, where Paul is saying what he prays for the Ephesian Christians. And he's pleading with God to give them the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of Christ that they may know what is the hope of their calling and what is the exceeding greatness and riches of God's power and what their future inheritance might be. You know, Paul is pleading something that we would do well to plead for ourselves. Lord, by your Spirit, give me a sight of the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, remember what I said at the beginning. If a man truly sees Christ, that man will live right. There's the key to holiness. Can I say that the greatest problems to holiness are easily overcome when a man sees by faith the glory of Jesus Christ? I'll go further. And I will say that the most binding habits of sin are as easily snapped in the life of a believer as Samson of old found it easy to snap the cords with which he was bound. They are as easily snapped as that in the life of a believer when he sees the glory of Jesus Christ. I'll go even further. 
in Christian service. The things that we feel responsible to do, and yet they bind us because we feel so incapable of doing them. Those things will be easily performed, joyfully performed, when we get a vision of the glory of Christ. Now you apply that to your own experience. I will tell you, it's my experience, and it's the experience of every Christian I have ever spoken to, and I believe it's grounded solidly in the Word of God, that when you have your eyes on Christ, you can do what's otherwise impossible. But if you don't have your eyes on Christ, you cannot do even what would appear childishly simple. The key to everything in the Christian life Therefore, is placed in our very hands here. The Holy Spirit indwells every Christian. Remember that. Holiness, therefore, victory, Christian service, all these things, they are not placed in the hands of just a few. They are in the hands of every Christian. Because the Holy Spirit abides within every Christian. And doing so, He shines in them to let them see Christ. I don't want to push the analogy to the temple too far. But let me say this. He says, you are the holy place. You are the sanctuary. Where did the Shekinah glory of God dwell in the tabernacle and in the temple? It dwelt peculiarly in the sanctuary. It sat on top of the mercy seat. And it's very interesting that when the New Testament came to be written, when the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, wanted to speak of Christ as our propitiation, he used the very word that the Old Testament Greek translators had used of the mercy seat. Christ is our mercy seat. The Holy Spirit is shining in the very place where He will let you see all that has been purchased by the blood of Christ. And I want to tell you, that is the key to Christian living. It's the key to the joy and the power of God in the life. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, 
www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the Bible speak. Thank you.